Welcome to the Fantasy Alarm PGA DFS podcast. I am your host, Mike Alexander. Joining me for the first time in a long time, my man Donald Remington. Rem, how are we doing? We made it to the Fall Masters. We made it. We, you know, I didn't know this day was ever going to come. We didn't know sure. if we were still going to be here or if this tournament was still going to be here. But here the we are. going to be here. Exactly, yeah. Super I mean, volcanoes, asteroids, presidential elections. Murder the, murder hornets. Yeah, disasters <laughs> that uh, were possibilities. But none of them hit. So we, uh, we're here. We're talking the Masters. And, you know, for as bad as it is that it had to be a fall Masters, this is probably a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Like, you know, we get to tell our kids someday or maybe our grandkids, like, yeah, I was alive for the fall Masters. And I'd be like, what, what the hell are you talking about, old man? Why would the Masters be in the fall? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like I'm almost more excited than most years, which is like, this is always kind of the pinnacle of the golf season for, for really any golf fan out there. But something something very cool about it, just uh, landing in the middle of November this year that makes it that much more exciting. It seems like everything is working out fine the course is going to be the pretty much the augusta we know and uh it's it's exciting i'm i'm pumped yeah we're going to talk about that in a second but real quick if you guys are looking for some more detailed information full breakdowns drew phelps has got his pga dfs playbook that will be out uh, wednesday morning great stuff there all the time from drew really thorough uh, and Drew knows his stuff. So if you guys want to have that in front of you while you're building lineups, highly recommend it. And that's at fantasyalarm.com. So Rem, Augusta National, you, you just alluded to, you think it's going to be pretty similar to what we're used to. You know, the weather, the weather could be a concern. Uh, we can touch on that. Um, and, you know, give us a little bit of the lay of the land. What kind of golfer are we looking for here? Yeah. So, I mean, it's uh, Augusta National. It's a, it's, I'm expecting a very similar Augusta National that we all know from spring of every single year. Um, I know we're at a complete opposite end of the year, but it, it, overall, I'm hoping, I'm thinking, I believe it should be pretty similar. It's a, over, it's almost 7,500 yards. So, it's a long course. It's obviously pretty difficult in that the greens are very fast and there are they're they're big, they're fast, they're hilly. Um, it, this is one of the hardest things to talk about in terms of the Masters because we have seen people win here through ball striking solely, and then we've seen people win here through short game solely. Honestly, like I was looking back at the last two years. Tiger Woods, he tee to green, just crushed approach. It, that that is where he made the strokes to win. You go back two years ago, Patrick Reed, his ball striking was like middle of the field, and he was second in strokes gained, short game. So it was all chipping and putting for him. So it can it, you can kind of find your way around this course in several different ways, as we know by uh, what Bryson DeChambeau has been talking about for the past two weeks. Um, he's trying to cut corners, just like every time we see him in the field, he's trying to find a new way to play the course. Um, 
but with it being fall, it looks like if anything, it could be maybe uh, maybe a bit more. I'm thinking the course will, if anything, play a bit longer than normal. It seems to be the general consensus. You know, the the wet weather is going to slow things down on off the tee, and um, you know that the big hitters could have a little bit of an advantage. The thing that I I in the back of my head that keeps popping up those I forget what it's called, but they've got that that drying system. You know, it's basically air conditioning under all the greens. Um, as long as it's not actively raining, like you figure they're just going to turn that sucker up and, and dry it out real quick. Yeah, I, honestly, I think that's a really good point. Like we're talking Augusta National, we're talking the ability to mow every fairway with 14 fairway mowers at once so you don't have any stripes in the grass. Like they have things that you and I have probably never heard of um, technology-wise, greenskeeping-wise to put this right back into the like the the course form that we know from every single April I would not be surprised if there are very very little changes um and I think we can definitely expect the greens to be just as fast um I was just in not quite in Georgia and South Carolina a few weeks ago and I mean it's beautiful out there at least three weeks ago it was so I'm not anticipating like anything to think about too much in terms of anything we know differently from the Augusta we know. Yeah, and you know, if we didn't mention, so the what what's going to happen is the remnants of I guess a tropical storm is going to come through. Uh, yeah, I guess Wednesday through Sunday basically, um, and create rain at different periods of time. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to be super windy. So that that's the one other thing that if it's not very windy, I think that also is is a thing that is going to make the weather get overrated by a lot of people. You know, chase guys that are links style players because it's going to be British weather. But you know, if the course is is holding up, the, the greens are staying quick, uh, and there's not a ton of unpredictable wind, it may not be that that severe. You know, everybody goes right to the Danny Willett year. Um, you know, they, they had some bad weather. He's a guy that's not a very long hitter, but, uh, he's good, good at irons and was able to put on the green jacket because of it. But I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent that that's going to happen this year. So, um, I guess we'll yeah. find out. Let's, let's dive in though. You mentioned Bryson DeChambeau. He is the favorite, the most expensive draft uh, golfer on DraftKings, $11,200. And, uh, you know, we've seen him once since he won the uh, U.S. Open. Presumably, he's just been sitting around eating protein uh, and packing on even more mass because that is uh, that's his goal. He wants to be the guy that hits the ball super far. Um, and he's definitely succeeding. His, his driving distances of late uh, are crazy high. Yeah, they are truly insane. And just like following the guy on social media, it's very very clearly his number one focus and it's it's apparently working out for him and i think at this course it could very well work out for him um he's been going back and forth with uh driver lengths so he's thinking longer driver longer drives faster swing speed um 
So it'll be interesting to see if he actually does that. I'm sure it'll be very readily available information if he chooses to make that change. Um, in this field, at this tournament, at 11-2, 5,000 on DraftKings above anyone else. I'm very willing to look past him, especially considering his kind of, I wouldn't say poor performances at the Masters, but uh, unstellar performances in the three years that he has been here. And yeah. one thing I want to mention. Bryson, he, you know, his best finishes was, were in the 20s but before he was beefy Bryson back, back in the old days. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's not terrible, but you got to realize that there is a much reduced field size here, um, which is something I wanted to mention. There's only, I believe, 94 players in the field this year. Um, the cut line is normally, this is going to make a huge difference on DraftKings, especially this week with the change. Cut line is normally top 50, and anyone within 10 strokes of the lead, which is kind of it's the Masters, its own thing, I always kind of like to hit. It normally resulted in kind of an easier cut line which you know either you like it or you hate it one way or another but this year they've decided to change to top 50 and ties and cut out that 10 shot of within 10 shot of the lead portion of the rule so right. it's gonna be a lot harder to make the cut this year for sure um yeah you know especially unless it's like a year where somebody gets out and really front runs, you know, that, that, that 10 shots does come into play. Um, and that would have been the case here. And their, their concern is daylight hours being November. And, um, you know, yeah. I, I kind of would prefer them to do that, even though I hate <laughs> missed cuts yet. Yeah, you, you don't want to be fighting the daylight uh, on Sunday for some reason, uh, because things just were too slow. Yeah, and it makes your six out of six feel so much better and mm -hmm. likely win you so much more money when the time comes on Sunday. Right. So, you know, I'm there with you on Bryson. I, you know, for me, it's the ownership. Where does that come in at? It, it seems to be around 20% is the consensus. You know, it could go to 25%. It could dip below 20%. It's, it's kind of a hard thing to predict. Um, because he's coming off of a major win uh, very recently, and you know he's been basically designing his swing to attack this golf course. Um, but you know, if you're if you're over twenty percent and you're at that price, uh, I'm okay fading it. So there with you going down through the rest of the the five figure guys: Justin Thomas, John Rom, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson. Uh, these are all very strong names. Dustin Johnson only being 10K is going to garner another really high ownership. I would say 25% plus. He's the number one golfer in the world, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, we, we've seen him definitely turn it on here at the end of the PGA season when the, uh, the tour championship. And last this past weekend in Houston, I think he was, uh, let me take a quick look. He was T2. So, yeah, you know, right right there. Uh, he's got the game ready to go. Um, same situation for me, though. I'm going to – I probably have a little more Dustin Johnson than Bryson DeChambeau because of the savings. But, again, you know, one golfer to win the tournament, uh, if you can fade a quarter of the field, it's – for me, it's, it's not a hard decision. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I do. I was going to say my two guys out of this range right now are Rom and DJ. Um, and a lot of these guys are going to be higher owned. It's a smaller field. It's, mm-hmm. it's a very split field in that you could probably choose 25 names that have a chance of winning and like literally cut the rest out of here. Uh, unless there's a Danny Willett year, which is, I mean, I guess if any year, if that's going to happen any year, it would probably be this year, 2020 in November. Extra factors. Yeah. So, you know, putting ten, twenty dollars on some crazy long shot, go ahead and do it. You never know. But I think you, you kind of want to lean towards your reliable guys here. I think Justin Thomas is just as viable as the others here, but Rom and DJ um, have both shown the form. They've both shown the Masters history. They they know the course. They seem to play well year-round. Um, they would be my two guys out of the top. Yeah, you know who's not going to be very high-owned is Rory McIlroy. Uh, he's been <laughs> pretty pedestrian since the, the pandemic restart. Um, it seems like his irons just aren't behaving. It's interesting, like... You've heard after the the NBA Finals, uh, do the Lakers, do they have an asterisk next to their uh, championship victory this year? I don't know. It's like the COVID season, the weird playoffs. If Rory completes the grand, the career Grand Slam this week, does he have an asterisk? That could be a narrative. That means he's about to win. I'm not sure, but he has played well at Augusta time and time again. Um he hasn't been playing terrible this year, but you're right. It's been like a lot of mediocre. It's like we see him in the lead, and then he just kind of fizzles off and fades away. Yeah. So it's interesting. 10-2 is a uh, tempting price for him. Yeah, that's for me. You know, we've, we've, we've talked about it. There's so many additional variables that are going to make predicting winning golfers so even, even harder than it already is. You know, it's incredibly hard to do, and now we're going to make it harder. So... It's it's been a, an approach that's worked for me fairly decently this year. Just concerning myself at the top with ownership. Okay, we know Rory has the skill set or has had the skill set previously. Uh, we know he's going to be low owned. I'm going to start a lot of my tournament lineups with Rory and and just say you know what if he does finish top five, uh, he's probably going to do a lot of lifting for you on that team. Yeah, and I think that's a, a very sharp way to uh, kind of look at the field, especially with a, again, smaller size field in a more popular tournament that there's going to be a lot of people playing DFS that aren't playing it on a weekly basis. I think that's a good way to start looking at things. And, and I like Rom, but he I, I feel like he's got the same thing he always has going on. People are like, Oh, nobody's thinking about John Rahm this week. And it's like, no, everybody's thinking about John yeah, Rahm this wait week. a second, everyone is. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like he's just not that trendy of a guy to talk about yet. Um, but his ownership's going to be over 20% probably. And, and you know, uh, if he wins, sure, that works. But otherwise, um, again, a concern at ownership. So dropping down into the nines, we've got Xander Schauffelier, Brooks Kepka, Patrick Cantlay, Colin Morikawa, Terrell Hatton, Webb Simpson, Patrick Reed, Tiger Woods, and Bubba Watson, a couple of champions down there at the bottom. Uh, let's break this up by starting off with, with Brooks and, and Shoffley, because 
They're the most expensive, and I think they're probably also going to be the most popular. What are you feeling out of those two guys? You know, Brooks was was good at the Houston Open uh, here. He finished T5. You know, as long as his is his back right that bothers him, or is it? Yeah, his yeah. See, that's the thing. So I think a lot of people were concerned about this maybe potential lingering uh, back. I think it was his back uh, back problem that forced him to withdraw from one or two events earlier in the season. That was after his big like his basically Sunday letdown of talking a bunch of smack at the PGA Championship and then yep. like saying these guys have never won like yeah he's got this and he completely let everyone and himself down and embarrassed himself and I love Brooks I really do um I think I'm kind of just good with looking past him here uh he's done very well at the Masters too and then that T5 from last week in Houston makes things all that more confusing and kind of hard to kind of put your finger on like what he's actually going to do this week. But uh, ownership depending, I'm not sure where he's falling right now, but if he's looking popular, I'm like even more okay with looking past him. I'm pretty not sure. super at- popular. You know, he's going to get a bump from that, that recent result and being that it's a major and people love the Brooks narrative. But yeah, you know, probably somewhere between fifteen and twenty would be my guess. Yeah, see, that's what I was saying. I mean, Brooks Kepka at ninety seven hundred finished T five last week when people weren't really sure, and T two at last year's Masters almost caught Tiger until Tiger did Tiger things on the, yep. like the last few holes there. So I mean, I think there are reasons that he would garner some ownership, especially at that price, but. I'm okay with looking past him. I actually really do like Xander. I I really, really want to like Hatton because he's been like a, a moneymaker really this year. He's yeah. yeah, it's just every tournament, this whole season. Like we're talking before COVID, he was playing very well on the PGA Tour and just like it seems like every single week. Now the thing I don't love about him is that he's got nothing at Augusta. No, no nothing good to talk about at augusta mm-hmm. so it's it's scary in that right but i think that's enough to bring the ownership down and 9400 terrell hatton who surely won't be too high owned that could be a a very fun gpp play or uh outright bet if you want to be crazy yeah you know i i thought people would probably gravitate towards him because of the good play but you know again he's not a name that jumps off the tongue when you're talking about the masters. So, you know, he's probably just above 10% uh, kind of ownership. Um, I think the the bad weather probably would favor him if it does get uh, choppy out there. Um, oh yeah. And, and something that's going to be interesting to see is, you know, normally in April, there's not, people don't have their DFS money tied up in, in much stuff, you know? Um, but now you've got NFL and it's going to be a Sunday, uh, you know, the tournament, going all or going to be finishing so like people might look at that like i don't want to tie up my bankroll that i'm going to use for nfl um so it'll be interesting to see like how many casuals are in in the bigger contest versus you know the the guys who are more hardcore paying attention so Mm -hmm. um you know my guess is it'll still there still would will be a share of casuals given the 
the amount of news that the Masters is getting in this in this random spot, but yeah, yeah. No, that's a very interesting point you make because it's definitely a thing. I mean, when Wednesday night rolls around and you are a football guy and you're playing like I don't know Thursday night showdown and you want money on Sunday and you have a limited <laughs> bankroll, that's it, it, something you got to think about. So it could definitely definitely limit that side of like the normal major turnout we see um but yeah anyway i i do i do like hat and i think he's a very uh in the picture in gpps um and then my two other favorites from this range nine thousand and above <laughs> patrick <laughs> patrick reed and bubba watson i can't i can't help it i think bob is going to be popular too but he's going to be I, very popular I've been very on him this year, and it's like he seems to be fully back. He's got two green jackets. He's he's uh, he's Bubba Watson, and he's doing Bubba Watson. Yeah, a couple things. of top tens uh, in the last month. Yeah, and that's gonna juice that ownership right up. But at nine thousand, I I really like it. Hopefully, Tiger Woods just garners like forty uh, percent ownership, <laughs> and I can go my normal fade route with him and move I don't on. think people fall for the tiger trap these days. You know, maybe a handful of casuals that are nostalgic, but people are pretty realistic about where his golf game is at. I wish I could place a bet Tiger Woods to withdraw <laughs> sometime between like now and Friday. Right. Which is interesting. I don't know. I yeah, I'm I'm going to be fade on I'm going to be like potentially full fade on Tiger, which is like it's so scary because I bring myself back to uh, 18 months ago or so and how depressing it is on Sunday watching Tiger Woods win the Masters and not having any monetary yeah. side of it. Of being like, well, I lost a bunch of money, but like this is historic and amazing and I love it. You just want to be on both. But yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to have to move on. That's where I stand right now. Gotcha. All right, let's dip into the eights. Any names down here that uh, are jumping off the page for you? We've got Sergio Garcia has withdrawn, uh, former champion. Guy that was kind of playing okay golf, so um, that's a notable item of news. Got Hideki Matsuyama, 8,700. He'll be popular. Tony Finau, another very popular guy at 8,800. Yeah, my two big yeses in this group, people I actually really like, um, kind of have everybody broken down into three category four categories it's like a don't even think about value like and love i have two loves in this group and it's finau and hideki which is boring because they're both at the upper eights but uh, mm -hmm. i think if you look at a combination of master's history and recent form those are those are your two options if the greens got easier with, with the wet weather, you could talk me into some Hideki uh, with the driving and, and the good approach shots. Finau, you know, uh, I feel like in these big spots, he's always just over-owned. Um, he really hasn't come through in the big spots enough, in my opinion. He has not, but he has fared pretty well at Augusta, all things considered. Yeah, you know, the, the debut on a on a almost broken ankle getting a, a t10 and then following that up with a t5 last year yep and he's it, it's he just, just had covid so you're not risking any covid withdrawal from him <laughs> hopefully that's like uh, a although on, on the mma oh. side we've seen some guys get get uh, a 
don't know if it's a second round of it or that's still test positive from the yeah whoa whoa, whoa let's not get political here okay <laughs> um but you know we, we've lost some fights in the mma world where it was like this this fight got canceled a month ago because the guy was positive for covid and now uh and then he was now positive, another again. positive so okay. ma- maybe keep an eye on that for there are a handful of golfers that have just had it um yeah yeah all right so then the other the other two guys that really fit the course matthew wolf 8,500, Jason Day, 8,400, really good off the tee distance-wise, uh, Jason Day, great around the greens, Matthew Wolf, not so much, but I think these are two guys that are going to be pretty popular, um, given their, some of the things they've done this year. Yeah, yeah, I think Jason Day probably deserves it, he's always scary to play, Wolf, he's always kind of scary to not play, but I'll, at that price, I'll probably look on past him, but both, both tempting in their own right there. Yeah, and, you know, before we leave the tier, I'm going to mention Tommy Fleetwood because I want to play a Fleetwood Mac lineup to go with Rory McIlroy. And, uh, you know, you're getting him probably single digits. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's he's had a tough year, but he's been decent in, in Augusta in spots and um, – you know, you're just kind of waiting for his stateside game to come around. I think this would be a nice kind of like coming out moment for Tommy Fleetwood, who's been so good in Europe. Uh, it just hasn't gotten it done on U.S. soil. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. We didn't see him for so long, but he he's another guy that makes a lot of sense here. Um, yeah, and then you got this whole crew of Spieth, Fowler, Casey, who are all going to be like the most tempting in the field. And like you're probably going to have five guys into your lineup, and you're going to end up with 8,200. And you're going to be like, where do I go? Um, and a lot of people are probably going to land on them. So uh, it's tough. What's your take on Spieth? You know, even even in in last year with with all the struggles, um, yeah, he still was. Uh, where is he at here? Yeah, T twenty one. Yeah, uh, the year before third, and uh, you know that was still not a great year for him. He loves wise. this place. It's crazy, but I just I can't do it. I just I've fallen for it too many times, and I can't do it anymore. Yeah. I'll put that You'd money. Like, oh, in the yeah, this, this, this it has to be the spot that he's going to be okay in, and <laughs> then he is. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I'll put I'll put all the money. It, I I would hope not. What do you have? What do you? Where does Fantasy National have it at? Uh, looks like six or seven percent, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that's you know. <laughs> tempting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's tough. That that honestly, that group of three is tough for me because I do love playing uh, both Fowler and Casey on a week to week basis, especially in bigger events. Both have done very well at the Masters. Casey had that one last year, just god awful, like. Mm-hmm. Shot like a 79 or something on the first day, which was terrible. But those two are both, they can, you just never know. It could go either way. And the thing about Ricky, I have found in my time of playing him week in and week out, is he can finish. Where has he been here? Like uh, T11, like he did three years yeah, ago. T9 last year. And it's like good, but he doesn't. He, 
Because DraftKings scoring is never that good. Like you'll you'll notice that like there'll be multiple people in like the ten to fifteen, fifteen to twenty range with higher DraftKings scoring than he has, which is something to consider when you're making these lineups. Um, so yeah, I think I'll I'll probably he have hasn't a had the best now. year either, so he's kind of a pass. And then Casey, also kind of a pass for me. Uh, the uh, Two years ago, he saved his tournament with a red-hot Sunday to backdoor a top 20. And then uh, it was a full fade for me after that in, in, last year. And I was like one of the few people going against the grain, and he missed the cut. So uh, I'm probably going to go back there and say it's something's, something's just not clicking for him at Augusta. Okay, j- jumping into the sevens. Uh, first name that catches my eye, Scotty Scheffler, 7,800. The, the length is really what we're interested in here. If he can, if he's right, he can be really good at this golf course, I think. But, yeah, yeah, I, can, uh, I completely Debbie agree. I've got, him, I've got him right under my, uh, my, my love it list, uh, just falling into the likes. But I think he is one of the few guys that have never played Augusta competitively anyhow that I would consider here because his game makes a lot of sense for it. And you don't need him to win from this tier down. You just need four solid rounds and, and, and produce value. Yep. Who else in the sevens is is on the, the love list? Yeah, I mean, Justin Rose falls into the Ricky Fowler, Paul Casey range for me mm-hmm. where I just, like, I will be thinking about it until, like, whenever they tee off on Thursday morning, but he's definitely someone to consider at 7,700. He has fared very well at Augusta in over the years. Um, Phil has several wins here. I'm going to steer clear of him. So like, uh, it's going to take a lot for me to fade both Phil and Tiger here, but I'm going to be doing that. Um, Moving down answer i think he's in play everywhere and then my like favorite value play of this exact moment which is i'm shocking myself to say this but cam smith um is just Mm -hmm. he's playing great he's played well at augusta before if he's in form and actually takes the game like he's currently playing and can convert that into major championship augusta national he should be able to fare pretty well, and 7300 is very cheap, and it could be a, a, a great value play. So with Cam, something I go, I go back to in this tier is uh, our, our Twitter friend Matt Jones did a study of, you know, where are we good at predicting golfers based on ownership? And, you know, that, that 15% plus range was really not very predictive until we got into the sevens. You know, up top, it, it seemed to be, uh, you know, eating chalk up top was, was more often than not worse off than better. Um, but when we got into the sevens, it was kind of like a, a nice jump in accuracy. So this is a place where I had traditionally been like, no, no, I don't want any chalk down here. These guys are, are erratic, more erratic than anyone at the top anyway. Um, but it seems like the results you get from eating some chalk down here are not are not bad. So, you know, in, in the nines and, and up, you can avoid the chalk and eat it down here maybe uh, as a way to go because when somebody pops like Cam Smith and projects for about 15% ownership, it's for a good reason. Yeah, I think that that logic makes a lot of sense, um, especially 
like here, I think honestly making the cut is what you want. And then you hope for more after that, but especially with this 50 top 50 and ties cut line, like it's going to be all about six of six here. So like with that said, I think that logic makes sense. I like Cam Smith. Um, and I would jump on down to another fun old guy of the week, major old championship, Augusta play. Believe it or not, I'm not going to say Matt Kuchar right now. I'm going to say Lee Westwood. Lee Westwood, yeah, he's another popular one. Yeah, he's uh, definitely he's garnering just, some ownership this week. He's he's done well at big tournaments. Um, kind of where you just want to avoid any huge mistakes. Uh, Augusta is never an easy course. You can put up some big numbers. He almost guaranteed will not be doing that. He's going to keep it relatively straight for the most part. His short game's there. He's fared pretty well at Augusta. He's been playing pretty well lately. Um, Aside from his miscut last week. Yeah, I, I looked up what he's been doing lately. I don't have it right in front of me right now, but it was enough for me to put him on my Got him at the Italian like Open. list. The Scottish Championship. Yeah, top 15 there. Top 30 at the Italian. Uh, top 20 at the BMW. Um, so, yeah. yeah he's, and he knows Augusta. Not, not, not huge fields, but he's been decent. Yeah. He's probably top 10, 15 in uh, a knowledge of this course and just probably top five of knowledge of professional golf in general in this field. And I think that probably counts more than you might think it would in a tournament like the Masters. Yeah, I, I mean, and then when you, you know, kind of the same vein, Kuchar, like he's got the results, but this year it's just been, I don't know if somebody like put a curse on him from stiffing caddies in Mexico last year or what, but... It's weird. It is. It's strange. It's, it's like, is he going you know, through a divorce or something? Like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's just gotten old, you know. It's, it's hard to play 72 totally possible <laughs> when, when you get old. Um, big hitter, Cam Champ, uh, uh, playing pretty well uh, lately. Possible debutante yeah. surprise there. Any Anybody else in the sevens before we, we hit a punt? Uh, we got Kisner is a Georgia guy. He has said himself, I would just like this, this echoes in my head every time I want to play him, but he said himself that he'll never win the Masters because he doesn't hit the ball far enough. So, mm. you know, yeah, a cash play, though. He's you think the probably, weather gets nasty. He's a guy that, that could definitely come into play as a value. Yeah, they say the draw is favored here. He hits a low bomb draw for, like, a littler guy. Um He's good for a top 20 in, like, pretty much any tournament. Um, and, and I guess punt-wise, Todd Kokrak coming off a win. Of course, when we're not doing the podcast, Jason yeah. Kokrak goes wins. Finally gets that um, win. He's going to be chalky. Yeah, yeah. So that's an interesting play. And then you got Poulter, who, if the weather gets interesting, don't hate it. Um, and that pretty much rounds out the sevens for me. Gotcha. So my, my punt down in the sixes... And it seems a little crazy, but I'm thinking about Benny on uh, going to be real low ownership. You know, it, it's not it's the course sets up great for him until he gets on the greens. And that's pretty much every golf course for Benny on just once in a while. His putter magically clicks and he gets it to work. Maybe the greens are a little slower if they're wet, uh, but he's, he's long off the tee. He's got 
really great short game, can scramble. Um, it's just getting the, the down part of the up and down can sometimes uh, be a shortcoming for him. Yeah, I, it's not a it, – no punt is a bad punt other than maybe like Trevor Immelman, who is not going to be playing this week, or Sandy Lyle, Larry Mize. Um, no, yeah, I, I, I don't hate that. Um, there are some interesting names down here. I have a short list. Uh, Burned Wiesberger. I'm sure I said that wrong. Um, Eric Van Ruyen. He's always interesting in these majors that he shows up. He's, you know, shown yeah. space on the PGA Tour a bunch this year, but both interesting to me. Henrik Stenson, I just like, I know people have completely written him off, so I would almost file him with like Matt Kuchar and like very good golfers that who knows? I'm not really sure what's wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there down, I'll just name these. I think it's like five guys off. Sebastian Munoz. Again, it's every freaking time I try to say this while being <laughs> recorded. Sebastian Munoz, Lanto Griffin, Victor Perez, Charles Howell, JT Post, and Justin Harding. And that brings us from 67 to 6,300. I think they're all in play. All you would want them to do is make the cut, and then you pray from there. Yeah, out of those names, Lanto kind of tickles my fancy as a guy that can hit the ball pretty far. Yep. Victor Perez, I think, has done, I believe I looked up how he's been playing recently, and it hasn't been great, hasn't been terrible. Uh, 6,500, decent golfer, been here before. Uh, Charles Howell, Southern boy. And then JT Poston appears to just be severely underpriced. And then Justin Harding, who randomly shows his face in the majors and does well for at least three days. Right. All right, that's what we got for you guys this week. Good luck. Uh, don't forget to give the pod a rating uh, if you don't mind a review. That always will help us out, especially in a big week like this, to, to get uh, get us in front of more ears and, and, and listeners because that's, uh, that's what we need. Uh, if you enjoy the free content, that's kind of uh, the other end of it. Get us, get us some numbers. Good luck, and may the sports be with you. Mm-hmm.